Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where you come to as a get together as a community in order to discuss them. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and ultimately to enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different social media platforms, starting, of course, with my website, which is at theprofessortravel.com. Uh, but on YouTube, Facebook, and on TikTok, you can reach me there at theprofessortravel. I'm also on Instagram. If you want to find me there, you can see me at the underscore professor underscore travel. If you're on Twitter, you can find me there at theprofessortr1. And then on, on Blogspot, if you're a blogger, you can find me there at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I have a visiting professor, again, coming back, uh, my returning professor, Ishan Gokal. How are you doing, Ishan? Hello. Great to have you back, man. Um, we've been having a lot of conversations about your travels and the different... Um, journeys and trips, the epic excursions that you've been on. Um, so, but before we get started, and for the sake of my students who have not yet had the opportunity to see some of your previous videos, can you give us a little bit of a background about just sure. some things, things about yourself and your travels? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I've been traveling for all pretty much my entire adult life, uh, every chance I get. Um, a few really, really long vacations during that time, a uh, few road trips uh, all around the US, uh, around the world one time, uh, all the continents. And I, in the previous videos, I've been saying that I don't know the number of countries I've been to. Mm -hmm. uh, I finally did a count uh, after our last video that we did like this. Go for it. I'm curious. And it's uh, only 76 countries so oh, far. Oh, only 76? Only 76, he says. Okay, well, I, I, say, I say only because uh, <laughs> I have a pretty good friend up in Canada who's gone to more than 100. Okay, well. And, <laughs> and I've been I to a paltry 23, and I run a travel channel. Come on, man. <laughs> Work with me on this. And, and I know about uh, quite a few people uh, who have been to a lot more also, so... I follow their adventures online also. Well, we really like to hear about yours too. In fact, this specific vlog and podcast is going to continue from our last week's conversation about um, your trips to uh, uh, Nepal and Tibet. And this was when you were making the transition into China. Right. And so uh, before we get started, though, can you tell me a little bit about this picture that we're seeing right here on the screen? Because again, right. people from the podcast won't be able to see this, but at least we can describe it. Uh-huh. So uh, that's me. The, the, the river is called Li River, L-I. Mm -hmm. And it's near the town of Guilin, G-U-I-L-I-N, China. And Guilin is, I, I'm, I actually, I, honestly, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I think it's Guilin. That's okay. Um, uh, and uh, that is a lot of tea plantations are over there. There are a lot of farming areas and stuff. Mm. Um, 
and there's this mountain range which looks really pretty in the background. Yeah. And uh, we had a uh, like almost a full day's boat ride on the river going through these mountain canyons and everything. Hmm. Uh, and I'm holding a, a 20 yuan note uh, Chinese currency. And, the, and the, uh, the name of the currency is yuan, spelled uh, Y-U-A-N, correct? Right. Okay. right. Uh, it's uh, 20 yuan. And uh, on that, in the back, the photograph of that is the mountains that are behind me. Hmm. So it is the same spot that that photo was taken. So they told us that Hey, you can take a photo with the twenty yard note, and uh, so <laughs> and we, how much it takes to cost on your little yeah, river cruise. That, that's uh, that's like the you know Kodak moment kind of. A <laughs> well, I really appreciate you for sharing that with us. I have I am not paid by Kodak to say that. No, that's okay. <laughs> Are they still in business? I didn't know. Okay, I don't know. Um, so let's continue from the conversation that we had in our previous one. Now you had to, in the previous interview, you were taking a trip from Nepal or actually specifically you started, I think in Kathmandu and then worked your way through uh, Nepal and Tibet until right. you came to the China border. Now, right. how long in advance did we need, did we need to start to plan for this? Just as a reminder, how long in advance uh, did you have to get like visas and all kinds of stuff? Right. Uh, the visa, I actually got quite, quite a long time in advance. I don't think I, I had to do it that way, but I got it, uh, I think like four or five months in advance. Okay. Uh, you could get it like a month in advance. It's fine. Um, and uh, at that time, I had gone in 2011. At that time, there was only a single entry. Uh, you know, you, you had a set time for the visa and they gave you that, right? Okay. Um, and basically what happened was uh, I had gotten the visa through a travel agency, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, providing the tour for... Uh, Tibet. Okay. Um, and that was a 30-day China visa. Uh, so I had booked this booked this ticket from Nepal uh, into Tibet uh, through this travel agency like a few months beforehand. Okay. And I had this trip that we're going to talk about right now, uh, the China tour, uh, that was just following that one, right? It was like a continuation. And how long um, were you going to be in China for? So, So this trip was supposed to be 17 days long. Uh, it's uh, from a company called Gate One Travel. Again, I'm not paid by them, but I can strongly recommend them. For I've, heard of, I've heard of them myself. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, I had booked the Gate One China tour, and it was actually my first tour with Gate One. I've done quite a few after that since then. Okay. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I the, the Tibet company told us not to specifically told us like do not get the China visa on your own we will provide that for you okay. right so I said fine you know I, I booked that trip and like four or five months in advance whatever it was and uh, they gave the visa the we got the visa actually we actually got the piece of paper the day before we entered China mm, I don't like uh, that that makes me that, very nervous <laughs> that that was uh uh, I told the story about that in the last uh, uh, presentation. Last video, yeah, the last video we did um, had a very, very so close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everything worked out fine. Uh, we came into China and actually, sorry, everything did not work out fine. We came into China and I had a, uh, I think it was like a 21-day uh, total uh, duration that I was allowed to stay in China on that visa. Okay. Uh, so 
like six, seven days of that was already taken by the Tibet trip. And I had the remaining time. In oh, China. so they lumped in the Tibet trip along with that. So yes. you didn't get the full 30 days. Totally. I did not get the full 30 days or whatever it was. Oh, that would make me not um, happy. <laughs> yeah. And so basically what that meant was I was not able to complete this 17-day gate one tour of China. So how long were you um, going to end up so spending in? I ended up spending 10 days over there. Oh, and uh, they were nice enough to kind of accommodate me and one other passenger and my friend I was traveling with at that time. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had the same issue. We had also gone through Tibet and we were in over here. Um, so uh, the gate one was able to accommodate two of us to a separate tour from the rest of the tour group. Okay. Uh, in the ending, so we were we were with them in the beginning with everyone else, and the last three four days we flew into Guilin on our own, okay. and they gave us all this on our own uh, private tour, uh, which would have been part of the original tour anyway, but just a few days earlier for us, and then that was it. We had to fly out of China after this. Was there any way to extend so, the visa at all? Was that no, even an option? No, no. Uh, so. I tried doing that, uh, so we can talk about that in this. Okay. Uh, so uh, I got to Beijing. Uh, the Lhasa to Beijing, that's another, maybe a story for another video. <laughs> uh, and we got to Beijing, and uh, first thing, uh, went to the, uh, uh, I guess it was a Chinese. Like a Chinese uh, consulate type place? Yeah, consulate type, but. I, it's, I can't call it a consulate, right? Because consulate implies like it's an American consulate in China, but it wasn't exactly a consulate. It was just like a visa services kind of a kind of an office, okay. government office. And uh, I asked them, like, you know, this is a situation. I have this uh, permit from Tibet, uh, which includes China visa. It's only valid until this, but I need to stay until that date. And uh, they said there's nothing they can do about it. So, so even if you show them your hotel accommodations and everything else, everything. it yeah. didn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter. It's, you have that paperwork which says you're only allowed to stay until so-and-so date, and you have to leave by that date. That's it. Maybe you cannot do anything about it. Oh, uh, man. So, fine. Uh, that's the way it is. So. Well, let's make the most of the 10 days that right. you have there. So. Right. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about some pre-planning for the, for the trip. Now mm -hmm. I know you had gone through already Nepal and Tibet. Now mm -hmm. you're going to be going over to China at this mm -hmm. point. You've already been on the road for a little while. You already have clothes that have been packed for a variety of different, you know, and India before that, where it was very India hot. before that too. So, I mean, you had warm weather clothes, you had cold weather clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, now you're in China. Um, right. <clears throat> I think and before you had said, did you did you bring malaria medication as well, or uh, uh, not on not on this one? No, that was on a different trip. Africa okay, trip. Yeah. all right. Uh, so you're heading into China. What are you prepared for as far as weather goes here? Um, so this is now the first week of November. Okay. Uh, so I had the cold weather clothes from Tibet. That those were just fine uh, in Beijing. Okay. Uh, I believe Beijing is probably the coldest place uh, that we went to on that trip. Even colder uh, than Nepal. Oh, no, no, no. On China. On the China oh, okay. Yeah. Um, actually, yes. Colder than Nepal, yes. Colder than Tibet, no. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Beijing uh, was probably the coldest, but it was still fine. I had one jacket that was more than enough for me. Okay. Um, and, you know, it was, it was fine. Like, first week of November, 
I don't know. I, I I guess I expected more because I've I have a couple of friends who went in January and they said it was they were freezing their butts off. So yeah, no, I understand <laughs> that. And uh, as far as um, the transportation situation on this, you had come on a train through Nepal and Tibet, uh-huh. uh, or not not the train. I'm sorry, we're actually a bus. A bus. Well, to- well, bus up to Lhasa and then from Lhasa to Beijing, I took that train. Train. Okay, got it. So they had transportation from from the edge of Tibet all the way going into China. Then, right. Um, uh, so no, so no flights were needed at this point. No flights were needed. Um, uh, I actually did not have a re- uh, outbound flight yet because I had I didn't know what the visa situation was going to be like. That's <laughs> surprise. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I actually booked the outbound flight during this trip. Okay. Um, but uh, basically. I came, arrived in Beijing. It's a direct train from Lhasa. Beautiful train ride. Okay. Uh, went to the hotel. That the so so all this, like I said, is in a group tour. Uh, I just had to reach the hotel. So uh, we had four people from the Tibet trip who were on this train with me. <laughs> uh, so I knew them from there, and uh, four of us shared a cab into Beijing. The other two people actually did not have a hotel book. Oh man! So, <laughs> so they were just like backpackers from Australia. So they were just going in and seeing what to do after that. After oh, uh, man. Uh, <laughs> so you're in. So you're in, uh, in Beijing, which is one of the largest. Which is one of the largest largest cities in China, mm-hmm. um, population multi-million. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it is just insane, like New York size. Correct. How, how are you getting around there? I mean, like you've got this so hotel. They have, yeah. So I knew the directions to the hotel, um, but they have an excellent subway system. Okay. Uh, they have uh, public, I mean, public transportation is awesome. Nowadays, Google Maps is fantastic. <laughs> so you can, you know, look up the you know, the uh, public transport from wherever, and train stations are connected on the metro line, so... Internet access okay while you were there? Internet access, well, so I had an international data plan at that time, because I was going through many countries. All right. Um, So uh, that was fine, and in the train station, actually, they had Wi-Fi, so that was fine. Okay. No, no worries whatsoever. I mean, everything was okay, and I had a Chinese language translation app on my phone. So, <laughs> which app? Can you know, I ask? Not that you're, not that you're, <laughs> not that you're endorsing any specific one, but I'm kind of curious about that because I, I have, I have a need for going to a variety of countries, yeah. and I don't necessarily speak all the languages. Uh-huh. Um, is it like a Google Translate or who? Yeah. So. So I had Google Translate also, but there are other ones uh, specifically for China and other countries, other languages. What's the one that you were using? uh, There's one called WN Mandarin, and there is one called... Oh, I guess I deleted the others. Uh, WN Mandarin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, that WN, that company has a lot of apps for, like, I see Japanese, I see French, Russian, Thai. Okay. so, uh, yeah, I mean, I had that. Uh, it, it's pretty simple to walk up to someone and hold your phone up and say, you know, like, where's the ATM help. machine or where's the <laughs> restroom or, you know, read that, you know, and then point, you know. <laughs> Okay, so that's not that's not too bad. I was thinking in terms of it would like being almost like a Siri thing where you just hold on the button and say, I need your help. It translates it to them uh, and it accepts like yeah, so, incoming voice. Well, now maybe yes. 2011, I had an iPhone 3. Mm. Uh, I did not have Siri on the iPhone 3. <laughs> yeah, we're up to 12 now, I think. So <laughs> it's okay. Um, but okay, so here you are in Beijing. Um, do you have any pre-planned excursions while you're here? No, nothing at all. I, I was actually looking forward to relax after the Tibet trip. 
Well, so, guess what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I had a couple of days in between until the next group tour was going to start. Okay. So, uh, actually, I relaxed very nicely on the train ride up. That was nice. Uh, and then uh, I had a couple of days in Beijing City to just kind of get acquainted on our, on our own. Um, what did you find that you did in Beijing? Was it, was it just primarily shopping so, and eating? No, the first day, first priority, first priority was getting the visas straight, you know. Okay. So I looked up where these offices are. I, I went to that. You know, that took a whole day, really. Like, you have to stand in line, you know, like all the bureaucracy, right? So, oh, man. Uh, it, it took most of the day. Uh, finally, dejected. It did not work. It came back to the hotel. Uh, next day, just hung around. Like, there was a shopping mall nearby. I just walked around over there, you know, kind of uh, relaxed. Uh, and the day after that, the tour was supposed to start. Now, so, staying in Beijing for just a second, you, you're, you had said in the previous video you did not want to necessarily pick up a lot of souvenirs because you're limiting you, you right. have limited space in your bags and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, so, like, what kind of stuff shopping would you mall. buy while you're – yeah, in the shopping mall? <laughs> food. Food. Very good. My favorite subject. Um, how was the food in China? How was the food specifically uh, in Beijing? I like it. And it's a matter of personal taste, right? So, yeah. I, I like Chinese food. Now, the authentic Chinese food, not so much. Mm. <laughs> But, yeah, there's uh, there's certain things where it's like it's more of a delicacy, and right. people tend to like. I'll I'll give a perfect example. Um, whenever we eat things like dim sum or something like that, usually mm-hmm. there's like things like chicken's feet that are mm-hmm. out there that mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of. Nope. Um, but I mean, like dumplings or okay. uh, bao, you know, or uh, you know things like that that are like really great. I I love them a lot. Yep. Any type of noodles, I'm a huge fan of noodles. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the staples that I know that you have there as well as well as rice. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just huge amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, anything equivalent to that? Do you remember what you had while you were in Beijing? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's basically that. It was noodles. It was chicken. Uh, some kind of chicken dishes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I went to a I went to a place where it was like cafeteria style. Okay. So you could see what you're ordering. You know, you could say point to that and say I want that kind of thing. Um, so it was fine, no problems. I, I know my sister is a huge fan of duck, and I know whenever mm-hmm. we, we get there, like whenever we've seen authentic duck, it's usually hanging in a window or something like that. So I wasn't sure if there was stuff like that. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, but mm-hmm. but pork and duck it seem like they're the big things over there. In addition to chicken, yeah. so yeah. it's not like um, it's not like India where you wouldn't have stuff like that hanging around. So, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of okay, so you're there for a day. It sounds like you're eating pretty decent. Um, pricing okay as far yeah. as the food went? Yeah, no problems. Okay, yep. cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so two days pass, and now what's the next leg of what we're going to be doing here? What, where are we headed to next, and like, how many days are you going to be there for? Yeah. So the group tour, this group tour, huge contrast to the Tibet, very well organized, um, very nice. Uh, the guide met us beforehand. There was a piece of paper, in fact, in the hotel room saying, you know, this is my name. I'm, I'm at this phone number, this room number. You can call me anytime, 24-7. I got, blah, that, blah, in th- blah, like. I got that in Thailand where I literally yeah, had a little it, piece of paper it, under it, my door it, saying, hey, I'm coming to your hotel to pick yeah. you up. Here's the time. It's a, they were very, very simple about the way they did. Nice. I'm very happy about that. Okay. So they come to the hotel. They pick you up. Do they pick so, you up in like a motor coach? Or? No, this was a full-on bus. It was a full-on uh, bus. Okay. Yeah, there were like, I don't know, some 30-some people on the bus. All right. Uh, and uh, everyone was American, mostly American, okay. Australian, English speaking. Um, and uh, yeah, we just started off in Beijing. We had like three, four days in Beijing, all the sites. Uh, nice. The Olympics were just getting 
no, they were in 2008, so they were just over. Okay. Um, and so we went to the, you know, the cube, which they had for the swimming, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to all the major sites of Beijing, the, uh, you know, the palace, the Forbidden City, uh, Great Wall, um, Summer Palace, Winter Palace. Um, all of which you had access to. All the Tiananmen Square, everything. Uh, I mean, all through the group, you know. Um, and the, my only uh, objection to this, and this is why I, before this, I had never taken a group tour before, except mm-hmm. Tibet. Uh, and uh, my only thing was, I, I like my own independence when I'm traveling somewhere. Uh, that's me. So, uh, you know, the group tour, you, you're kind of set on their schedule. You have to, you know, be back on the bus at a certain time and, you know, all this stuff, right? When your, uh, when your um, tour guide was, was working with you, because I know that when I was in St. Petersburg, for example, it's a very, like, they restrict you like nothing. They, I mean, they, they, they make sure you are here at this time. You make sure that you are here at this time. They're right. extraordinarily organized. Mm-hmm. And for my own safety in an environment like that, where I'm not familiar with the language, I'm not familiar with the um, customs, and I know it could be potentially hostile in some types of situations, I want to be safe. And so it's like with my tour guide, she was like, I'm going to be your mother here. You don't worry about anything. I will take good care of you guys. You don't stress anything. Just stay close to me. If you need to go to the bathroom or something, you let me know. I'll be more than happy to guide you. But I want to make sure we are all together at all times. Was your tour guide similar? Exactly. And that is actually exactly the reason why I booked this particular tour, because China had the same issues as you. I don't know the language. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, so that's why the, I booked the tour and it was wonderful, like huge, especially I enjoyed it really a lot because it was a huge contrast from Tibet. <laughs> you know, it, it was totally disorganized. So <laughs> yeah, this I, one, this one was fantastic. The chaos you were dealing with in the last video, when we're talking about all the craziness that was going on with Tibet and the very like to the minute, like, Oh, here's your, here's your visa. Now go. <laughs> that, that was like, no, I, I don't think I could live with, like on the seat of my pants like that. Right. But I don't think that they would allow for something like that in China, where it's extremely bureaucratically driven. And yeah. that's not that's not a, that's not a that's not a diss on the Chinese government. No, it was it that's was great actually. Very efficient, I would think, in terms uh-huh. of that actually. Uh-huh. So my, my only uh, a couple of things I did not like about that though, because we were rushed through certain places where I wanted to spend more time. Yeah. Uh, so I made up my mind I want to come back here. You know, especially Beijing. There's so many so many places to see in Beijing. <laughs> And you barely, like, we were there for three, four days. We, we just, like, touched the surface. Um, and uh, I made up my mind, I'm, I'm going to come back to Beijing on my own later. And, you know, now that I know how to get around, I can use the metro. I can, you know, I know the money. I can, I know kind of how to get around. I can handle myself. I, I want to come back to Beijing later. And I actually did a few times and, later. So. And, and Mandarin was the primary language, not... Yeah. Um, not other dialects? No. Uh, okay. Well, actually, for me, it was English. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I was talking to the tour guide, you know. Um, I, I was not interacting too much with, you know, the local people. Um, okay. All of our meals were, well, most of our meals were, you know, like a group meal. <laughs> Uh, where they used to take us to a restaurant and it would be a buffet style or something like that, you know. Okay. Uh, or we had a few on our own, which we could manage. It, it wasn't a big deal at all. Uh, were, there, were there restrooms on the bus? Uh, restroom on the bus? Not on this one. I don't think so. Okay. 
So you had yeah. to like, if somebody had to pee, uh, it's like oh, you have to tell. Yeah, but I mean, we were in the city of Beijing, so all the bus rides were within one hour. You know. Okay, that's um, not bad. That's actually really, really uh, efficient. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I think the longest was uh, when we went to Great Wall. We had like two hours to drive up. You know. Um, Everything else was fine within the city, and actually, I had heard all these horror stories of the traffic and everything. I did. We didn't have any of that, you know. It was okay. <laughs> the other thing I keep hearing about is, in terms of with the Great Wall, it's. I'm told in several spots, it's in really tough disrepair, and yeah, you, did you yeah, experience that? yeah. Well, not not tough. They didn't take us to the tough spots. Um, so we went to a place called. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this. It's called Juyongguan. Okay. Uh, J-U-Y-O-N-G-G-U-A-N section okay. of the Great Wall. Uh, and uh, it was kind of half and half. You can say a little bit, you know, disrepair, this little bit fixed up. Um, and But we could walk on it. We didn't, I mean, there were no dangers of anyone injuring themselves or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's fine. It was beautiful. Okay. Um, All right. So you're there for about three to four days doing a series of tours. Right. And it sounds like you're really experiencing the life of everything in and around Beijing, which is great. Um, what's what's going to be next on your agenda after that? So, uh, so we were in Beijing for... Uh, uh, three full days on the group tour, and we had one free day at the end. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. So on the free day, I actually arranged with these two friends who had been on the train uh, from Lhasa, who were also on the Tibet tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we had arranged to meet up and you know just spend the day together exploring on our own. Okay. Uh, and so we did, did that. So you did have a and, little bit of downtime, which is kind of yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which by the end of the third day, you know, I was like, I want to go back to the Forbidden City. <laughs> I I really love that place, and uh, I did not think that I had enough time to go around exploring over there. You know, the, it was pretty rigid. Like, you go point A, point B, point Z. You know, we walk through it. You know, within a few hours. Did you have an opportunity um, to see the Terracotta Warriors? That's later. That's uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, in Beijing, uh, we went to, uh, like with these friends, I went to a couple of places. Uh, one is called Temple of Heaven. Okay. Uh, which is uh, this old temple. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty descriptive. Um, like, like, is it uh, one of those places yeah, you go back to? Or? Oh, definitely. And I did later, uh, many years later after that. So uh, it, it is all, uh, all of it, I was very impressed with the city. Everything I saw there was beautiful. Uh, we went to this uh, panda uh, zoo. Oh, nice. Us, like the baby pandas getting fed and stuff like that. Um, we went to a couple of parks where they had the, uh, you know, in the morning they have these exercises. that uh, Like Tai Chi? Yeah, Tai Chi. Okay. Um, so they were doing that. We were encouraged to participate. Um, I am not much of that (laughs) (laughs) you're not the exercise (laughs) friend okay Uh, but we did play around like uh you know there was people playing frisbee and stuff and we were playing with them you know the local uh people that's nice actually and uh it was fun they they had a another game kind of with a sort of like a ping pong racket uh, but but it's a it's with strings, so it looks you know it's a ping pong size, but it's like a tennis racket, you know, with the strings. 
Oh, okay. And uh, they had a like a thing attached to it in like a, a ball, string. like yeah, a rubber ball, uh, and you just kind of you know smash it like that. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you just had fun over there. Uh, That's cool. So little bit of everything uh, all the all the tourist sites practically but not everything within the tourist site so that part i did not like you know it, it was like we go you know one hour here two hours there one hour there and to me each of these is like a whole day kind of place you know what you know? i didn't ask but i was kind of curious are there restrictions on things like alcohol did people try to order alcohol anything like that uh, no not no even. restrictions okay no. mm-hmm. all right wasn't sure. I just thought I would. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. So after Beijing, then next stop was a city called Xi'an, X-I-N, and uh, that is where the Terracotta Warriors are. Um, okay. So it's uh, it's actually we we flew from Beijing to Xi'an. Uh, it's like an hour long flight. That's not too bad. That's like from here to Vegas. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, that first day we went to this place called the Shangji Provincial History Museum. Okay. Uh, which is like the history of uh, old China, you know, because Xi'an used to be the capital. Uh, it's the town where the Silk Road ended in Xi'an coming, coming from the West. Very cool. Um, so they had a lot of trading. They had a lot of, you know, it was a very rich city in the olden times. Mm. And uh, so they had the uh, history museum. They had a Tang Dynasty uh uh, kind of tour uh, dinner show. Uh, nice. We went to see that. That was pretty neat. Uh, and then the next day was the uh, Terracotta Warriors. So tell me uh, what? How was? How? What did you think of the Terracotta Warriors? How was that? Fantastic. Yeah. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. Uh, and I'd seen a, there was a uh, traveling exhibition a few years before that. I had gone in LA somewhere. Um, so I'd seen a few of those before in the museum. In but this doesn't, this doesn't do it justice. It, 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 you, you know, there's that famous photo of the whole, uh, you know, the parade of them. Yeah. The place where they were originally buried, they're still digging it up. Oh man. And, and <laughs> you see like these thousands of them, you know, the whole army of soldiers, right. That they had made and with the horses and chariots and people and, Every single one of those is unique, uh, which is incredible. I mean, just amazing. And again, the story Uh, behind this is that either there was a general or an emperor that was, it was an emperor that was buried there. And so he had had his, the terracotta warriors are supposed to, at least the tale goes, the terracotta warriors are supposed to protect him in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was the first emperor of China, uh, Emperor Qi. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who, you know, he, he's the one who kind of unified all of the tribes together. Uh, he was the first emperor. And, uh, you know, after he died, he's, well, you know, he was going to die and he said, I want this army built for the afterlife. So they, they built the whole thing. And it's like each individual soldier is modeled after somebody, but they're all unique. Every facial expression, every, everything about them is unique. Uh, their heights and you know body types, but they're all like human size, you know. So uh, that's amazing. Wherever, it, it's just incredible to see that. And there's a whole like you know five hundred thousand feet down, you can see the whole army. 
gosh. It's like, you're standing on one end of it. It's like a long rectangular complex. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, how, I was going to ask you how they, like, because it's not still outside. They have to compl- They have to protect it from the elements. It is inside, yeah. It is indoors. It is, okay. Um, and the cool thing was they actually had the guy who found it originally. He was there for book signing. Are you serious? Uh, on wow. that day. Yeah, so I actually bought a book. This is one of the few souvenirs. That, that, I was like, wow, good, um, good, good catch. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I actually bought a book over there. I had him sign it, and I have that book now. It's 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 like it's a guy who first discovered it in 1972 or 73 or something like that. What a great opportunity! Um, that is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that is great. That is really good. Um, so how long are you going to be there for in Xi'an? Xi'an. Uh, so the first day we arrived, we like I said, we went to the History Museum and the Tang Dynasty dinner show. Mm-hmm. Uh, next day, we went to this place, the uh, Terracotta Warriors Museum, archaeological site. Uh, and, you know, it's a group tour, so they took us to a furniture shop factory, you know. Okay. Uh, the lacquer furniture factory in shop. Well, lacquer is a very big thing in, uh, in China. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you see a lot of the uh, furniture and even little boxes and stuff like that that are yeah, lacquer and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, actually, very nice, actually. <laughs> but shopping, not for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're just not filled up with souvenirs. You have very limited space. So I get it. It makes perfect sense. Uh, and uh, we went to a park over there. We went to the old city. Uh, so the old city uh, architecture is still there. They have the wall around the city. Mm-hmm. Not not complete, but you know, major part of it is there. Sure. And with the gates and everything, and of course, the modern city has grown out beyond that way more. Sure. But uh, it's it's a nice place. Some of us went up to the top of the like we could climb up to the wall and you know walk around over there and come back down again. And it's it's fun. It seems like it would be like a really good hike, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there is not so much. You just go up the wall and you come back down again. And just walk. oh, okay. So it's just kind of like oh, it's here, not, take a look. It's not like you're going all the way around. Like if you've been to Dubrovnik, Croatia, you go yeah. all the way around that, right? You told me about that. Like, and that is quite a walk, I'll tell mm-hmm. you. <laughs> uh, but this is just you know up and down a little bit, and then you're down again. Was the uh, food similar there, or similar? Yeah. Uh, uh, in one place, we had Peking duck. Uh, mm. It was like a special. Oh, that was Beijing. That was Beijing. Oh, well, see, there's uh, the duck I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So I love. I do like. I do like duck. I, I like chicken more, but you know, duck's my sister's favorite, so I get it. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting. I've actually written over here in my notes. Uh, One hundred and five proof Chinese fire water. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's bre- that's like literally breathing alcohol. So, <laughs> like, did, did you just have a shot yeah. of it, or what was it? Yeah, I think it was. It was kind of like a shot. I think, if I remember correctly. Oh. Uh, uh, must be like it, it, yeah no that burns your throat <laughs> <laughs> see i can have plum wine but i mean anything more than that there i, I don't know if i oof, wow that's like moonshine they've even called it fire water so <laughs> oh gosh okay cool well cheers to your, uh, cheers to your last night there uh <laughs> man um, oh, I think I would really like to see the show. I think that, speaking as kind was, of a history buff, it would be very yeah. fascinating, I think. Yeah, it was. It actually was. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was it in Xi'an. Uh, next morning. So, this is where we split off from the rest of the tour group. Okay. Uh, the rest of the tour group, that Gate 1 original tour, includes, like, uh, going to Yangtze River, mm. going to the dam, the Three Gorges Dam. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not Three Gorges. What am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> But it's a famous uh, dam. I know with one you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they went to Shanghai after that. We, we didn't do any of that. So 
we did do so the guide all this the guide arranged for us uh, privately like he said okay i'm going to put you on tomorrow morning's flight and that's another interesting story uh, and uh, the flight goes from xian to guilin and you will have your own private tour guide in guilin he'll meet you at the airport he'll take you around uh, so you see guilin you go do this uh, lee river cruise that the photo you had last time okay uh, and then after that you have to fly out of china because that's when the visa expires sure uh, so at that point i booked my flight from guilin to hong kong hong kong is good enough to be out of china okay uh, and i was like okay i'll take care of the rest later but uh, at least you know get a ticket out of china first and we'll focus on hong kong at uh, another in another conversation that we might have later on down the line uh, but talk to me about guilin i'm not familiar with it how is that location uh, guilin is like uh, south central not too far south not like all the way down to tibet but kind of south central china okay and it's a very scenic area like you saw the photo over there with the mountains in the background the river going through the canyons uh, beautiful very beautiful and they have uh, tea plantations uh it is just gorgeous place um and we visited a tea plantation mm. uh had some tea over there that was nice um and um uh, yeah that's it just the the next day the lee river cruise uh and uh, drive back to guilin from you know it was like most of the day uh, like nine to five kind of thing, uh, and then we drove back to Guilin at the end of that, and that was it. The next day, next morning, flight to Hong Kong. Question about the Lee River cruise: mm-hmm. uh, Did that include like food, lunch. like an all you can eat? Yeah. And so, okay. Lunch. Yeah, they had a lunch buffet on board. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, breakfast and dinner was on our bre- breakfast was at the hotel, and dinner was on our own later. Was the breakfast yeah. more Americanized breakfast, or did did they have like they had a book? They had local smoke. Okay, yeah. cool, awesome. I I always like to hear that because I I like to get a little bit of a flavor for different areas, mm-hmm. and even in the same country, you might have. Like our our the breakfast I would get in Rome is very different than the one I would get in Venice and stuff like that. Right. So there would be there would be specific distinctive local yeah. uh, local fare that was much more interesting. And yeah, I thought, and and uh, with Gate One, this is a company that stays in kind of nice hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, they book the nice hotels. So those hotels all will always cater to like American tourists and you know. Uh, on top of like the local tourism and whatever, so no squatting uh, in a hole like you had to do in Tibet, right? Nothing like that. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was like four star and above. It was Beijing was actually five star. It was amazing. Okay, uh, I'd never seen a hotel like that on my own. I mean, I, I couldn't afford it. Like it's just fantastic. And how was um, how was the airport in Guilan? Oh, modern, very modern. Okay, everything was great. And but uh, so here's the interesting part about the flight. So uh, we came to the airport. Our guide, we had a different local guide in Guilin. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused with this. Uh, it was actually in Xi'an. We had a local guide in Xi'an. Okay. Uh, we went to the airport in Xi'an, and this lady, uh, her fiance, was one of the security guards at Xi'an Airport. Oh, okay. Uh, so we got there, and she used his connection to check us in early, get us through the security <laughs> early. <laughs> nice. And you know, just get us into the you know near the gate area. And I'm like, 
this is just like India, you know. You're, you're kind of <laughs> it's you're who you using know. your connections. Yeah, exactly. It's all who you know. <laughs> and he was a security guy, you know. He was like the TSA pre-check kind of guy. And uh, he, she just, you know, we were we arrived at the airport too early, so we were not allowed to check in yet, and you know all this. But through this, you're like, yeah, go for it. Just you know, get the boarding pass, go through security, you're in. Like done. <laughs> That sounds nice, actually. So, all right. Well, very, very cool. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about your post-vacation takeaways from this. Okay. Um, starting with the good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk. What were the things that you know a first-time traveler should absolutely see on a trip like this to China? You mean the tourist, touristy places? Yeah. The trip. Well, whether you think that's the stuff that's on the path or off the path. I mean, like, what do you, okay. what do, you, what do you recommend? Yeah. Uh, well, there are some very obvious ones. For example, Great Wall of China, you cannot miss. I mean, you cannot go to China and say you've not been there. That's yeah. Uh, you know, really bad. <laughs> um, there's also the uh, Tiananmen Square and uh, and the uh, Forbidden City, mm-hmm. which was used to be the old Emperor's Palace in Beijing. Xi'an uh, Terracotta Warriors, I can't stress enough. It, they're amazing. It, it's just amazing to look at. Um, and for the scenery, I, I really like Guilin Lee River Cruise. Uh, yeah, you're you're definitely much more of a rural person than I am. You like yeah. you like the outdoors and stuff like that. I, uh, I'm more of a city slicker, and I think I've said that mm-hmm. on a number of my vlogs yep. and podcasts. But you like well, so am I. I. I do like cities like that. Like Beijing is a fantastic city. You know, you can easily spend like a week or two two weeks there. Yeah, uh, it, it's like going to a place like Paris or Prague or something like that. You know, it's it, it, there's no you know shortage of places to go, places to see. <laughs> That sounds like really cool. I mean, again, I haven't been to China yet, but it's on the itinerary of places to go. Uh, but what are obviously some things to be aware of? Obviously, the visa process seems like it's you have to really, yeah, really be on top of it. Well, yeah, but nowadays they've made it much easier uh, for U.S. citizens. So uh, they are now giving multiple entry visas, valid for 10 years, uh, any number of entries, each visit up to, I believe it's 30 days, 30 or 90 days, I forget. Okay, that's nice, actually. Uh, That actually is much more efficient. Yeah, uh, so now I have that, you know. So now I'm set for until, I think it's 2025, I'm set. (laughs) Um, uh, So, yeah, visas, no problem now. Um, any any criminal the, element like pocket, pick, like picking pockets or things yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, so the guide told us like it's like any other major city in yeah. the world. Uh, it's the same. Just be aware of your surroundings and all of that, especially on metros and you know crowded areas like that, buses stuff like that. Uh, tourist areas like Great Wall of China, you have to be careful. Um, but it's it's pickpockets. It's not violence. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't. Uh, I, I think even the criminal element doesn't want to try and deal with the police in a place like China. It would be really dangerous yeah. for them. Well, I'm sure they have it, but it's it's not. You know, just like, just like the normal precautions you take in any major city, it would apply there. So yeah, but they don't. The, um, the criminal element doesn't want to necessarily screw up the tourism because um, no. that would because that would that, that would mean a serious crackdown on them and their ability to do stuff um as far as value adds cost savings best practices you, uh you booked everything through gate it one was, yeah it was just a tour group and uh gate one is actually one of the more expensive ones there are others um but the the efficiency of the tour the places we went to the whole everything about it was 
incredible. It was wonderful. Um, uh, and, you know, for when you're on your own, I, I would say in terms of value adds, like in, in comparing it to Europe, for example, uh, a lot of cities in Europe have this uh, thing where, you know, you can get like a visitor card like Prague day pass, you know, yeah. a fee day pass or whatever, which will allow you museum access, you know, you know, the public transportation access, all this stuff. Nothing like that really exists in Beijing. Is it all pretty much uh, like a la carte? Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, you have to kind of be aware of that. Like, you, you should know, you know, I, I need this much money for, you know, going to all these places. Never take a taxi cab if you can avoid it. Take the public transportation. Okay. Uh, Beijing is a huge city and it is really spread out everywhere. Uh, so the taxi may take like a couple of hours to reach somewhere with the traffic. Public transport may take one hour. Um, taxi may take up to two, three hours. Oh, gosh. Uh, and not to mention the cost is just humongous. Um, so it's, you have to kind of weigh those things, right? Like, uh, obviously, taxi is probably safer than metro train yeah. uh, in terms of safety and pickpockets and things like that. But, you know, it, it's a pro and con, right? Yeah, I think um, you, you kind of just weigh the risk on something mm -hmm. like that. And then you also have to weigh the time variance, too. It's like, okay, look, if I have the time and I want to be safe, I might even get a private car in order to oh, take me wow. from one place to... <laughs> yeah, well, if, I mean, if you I mean, got the money, that's... sure, why not? <laughs> well, I've done that, actually, You know, when I was in Thailand, for example. I took uh, a private Thailand car... Is, uh, sorry, Thailand is very different than China. <laughs> in terms of... Uh, in terms of money, in, in terms of cost of everything. I know uh, that, I know that yeah. with, like, the U.S. dollar, at the time I went, it was... Um, I want to say 35 Thai baht to the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. And for us to take a private car from the airport oh, to our easy. hotel, it was like, that <laughs> was like bucks, yeah. five, five bucks maybe. I mean, it was crazy. So yep. I don't know. I don't know what the cost difference is with the one versus the dollar. Uh, I think it's seven to one roughly. Okay. Six or seven to one. And, um, but the cost is high. I mean, especially in the city, you know, major city like Beijing, Xi'an, all these, uh, the cost of everything is high. And they don't have Uber or or, <laughs> or Lyft or anything like that, do they? Yeah, I'm not sure anymore. I'm not, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it may, it may have been over a couple of years. Okay, cool. Mm. Well, I do want to thank you again for all of your wonderful knowledge that you share. Hopefully that oh, we'll be able you. to speak with you next time about uh, Hong Kong. I think that would be really an interesting jump to go to the next spot and kind of see how everything uh, went from there. <laughs> or maybe we not. Can well, we can talk. <laughs> we'll talk more about that. So again, thank you so much, Ishan, for all your wonderful knowledge. We really appreciate it and, and continue to do all the us all, all the travels that you can on that, okay? Thank you. I hope I hope uh, people get to go there. It's a wonderful country. I hope so too. I mean, I, and I'm looking for it for myself. So, <laughs> so thank you so much for that. And to my students that are out there, if you have any questions or comments, you can certainly send them over to me at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can click the bell icon right above us here in order to be notified of when new videos come out. If you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button. It doesn't cost anything. It helps the channel and it helps our algorithm on this. So thank you so much for that. And then of course, if you like this content and you want to see more of it, hit that like button and we'll be able to provide that to you. But if you're listening on the podcast, please feel free to rate us and review us. We really do appreciate all your feedback. Until next time, however, my name is Scott. I'm the president. I am the professor travel and make all your trips a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you. 
The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.